0: welcome 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 to the big week in gaming podcast and what do you know it's been a big week in gaming i'm into got for episode 77 on sunday the 24th of april technically the monday 25th of april 2022 in this week's show we'll be discussing a new tales from the borderlands game is in the works what's going on with nintendo's release schedule and i review the post-apocalyptic survival horror game kirby and the forgotten land As always, I'm joined by Mike. Oh, wait, am I? Hello? <laughs> and Swinny. Hello? It's back to the classic lineup, Swinny. As yes. always, you can check out our links in the description or visit us at bigwigpod.com. So we're micless again, Swinny.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we're recording a day after we normally do, but technically yes. still uh, on the Sunday for um, international, most international uh, listeners. That's true. Um, That's true. And unfortunately, just didn't couldn't work out that the uh, good old gamer anti-gamer Mike could be on the show, <laughs> so he's uh, he's skipping this one out for us.
0: It is funny how he fought to get on the show, and then he's like, "I hate games." <laughs> But then it also puts in so much time into Elden Ring, much more than even me. So
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, if you're gonna make one exception, yes. what an exception to make. So and, and
0: speaking of which, maybe the hype man can have take that nice segue that I've given you.
1: Yes, so we will finally be reviewing Elden Ring because we've all completed it as of probably a week over a week ago now. Mm. Um, but we chose not to do the review this episode so that Mike could obviously be a part of it. Um, but we are looking to actually do it as its own kind of special 0.5 episode, so we can also like split it up a bit where we talk about it in general terms, and then we can also do a whole big spoiler segment in the second half or mm. whatever of that. Because honestly, a lot of the stuff I want to talk about this, and the same with probably you guys, um, will be spoilery. Um, yeah. Because in this game, that armor ring's full of moments that you just want to talk about, but is going to be ruin the experience if someone wants to go in blind.
0: So. And then we'll never talk about it again.
1: <laughs> never talk about it. Um, and also, I've put in here um, that's. Once we're kind of through that period and we kind of know where we're at with the rest of our scheduling, with our special features, I do want to do my Final Fantasy battle system tier list um, sooner than later, um, considering it doesn't seem like we'll be doing our Earthbound segment (laughs) anytime soon for Game of Some Other Year. So I might as well jump in with my tier list there. So that's ranking the battle systems and a bit of the, I guess, progression systems of the mainline
0: Final Fantasy games. Nice, nice. I'm actually very seriously considering going back to Elden Ring. So I've not played it for like three, four weeks, I think. And I'm thinking of, instead of playing New Game Plus, because that's where I'm up to, actually going back to the PS4 version on the PS5 and playing that and just playing like a clean profile again. Hmm. I don't know, maybe go for the Platinum on that one.
1: Well, I'm going to talk about Elden Ring a little bit as well. Oh, okay. I've <laughs> just one, no, I've just got one correction. Like, let, let's 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 pause the Elden Ring for a okay, second. Okay, okay. Um, in our uh, unpopular gaming opinion features, mm. um, when I was talking in my first one about Bioshock being overrated, which uh, was one of my unpopular opinions, um, <laughs> I had made an assumption. It wasn't like I didn't say it as fact. I'm like, I assumed The Darkness because I was comparing The Darkness, the game, to Bioshock. In terms of a game I think should have gotten more praise than, than the other hmm. um, that actually came out two months before Bioshock. I had assumed that came out after Bioshock, still in the same kind of era, but yeah um, so they're very close together so just a quick correction there but uh yes
0: it's maybe it's a thing about dark, the word dark, but I think Dark City got massively overshadowed by the Matrix. I don't know if you've seen the movie Dark City.
1: I had to study that.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie so much. Anyone who hasn't heard of that movie, go check it out where it's streaming and watch it. It's it's incredible. It's a, it's amazing how much hype The Matrix gets and like how no hype that movie gets. I it's, it, I struggle to understand. Alex,
1: Alex Proyer or something like that? Um, The Australian director. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's an Aussie director. I Robot, and a yeah. bunch of other cool films.
0: No, it's awesome. Like it's just, it's that is a true cult classic. That's a true mm-hmm. cult classic. All right, uh, enough of Big Week in Movies. Let's move on to what we've been playing. And I think I pressed the button twice, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> I'm rusty. Uh, so, yeah, Mike's been playing Elden Ring for, what is it, eight weeks and counting. Has yeah. he been playing anything else? He's He went to buy Kirby, but he didn't get it.
1: I mean, I don't know if in the last couple of weeks he's been playing anything else. I know last episode he was talking that he did um, do it, uh he did touch dabble. a little bit of weird... Dabble. I was about to say dwindle. Oh. Dabble in a little bit of Weird West. But um, That's I know that Elden Ring was... You know, he's... he's By his account, and he would admit it, Like he's not been super into gaming these in last couple of months, Ooh. except obviously Elden Ring. Elden Ring was like the... I think the thing that he was waiting for. But... <laughs> by the, all accounts of his chat, he's like, he's beaten the game and he just keeps going back to it and just yeah. doing stuff. And he... Obsessively keep talking about the farming spot, you know, the, the end game farming spot. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he loves min maxing, and he loves like the idea of like, okay, how can I kill all these guys the quickest possible? Put a counter on, time it for no purpose at all because he doesn't even level up that much. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite funny. He gets off on that kind of stuff. But that is actually where the difference between Series X and PlayStation Five comes into it a little bit because as a percentage of time the loading time between the two consoles starts to be more significant.
1: Yeah, but lo- sitting at a side of grace doesn't take that long.
0: So oh, okay, interesting. If you yeah. load if you're literally fast traveling ah, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. So you're
0: oh, now ooh, now it's a qu- now we need a race between you and him to see I'm
1: sure I'm sure that sitting at the side of grace on PS5 is probably slightly quicker mm. than sitting at the side of grace on on Series X, I'm sure, but um, I know the loading times for fast traveling is definitely significance so mm. difference there no fair enough
0: yeah. uh so what i've been playing uh <laughs> and i'll cover it in the review but kirby and the forgotten land the movie that uh, the game that i totally shat on the demo uh i ended up playing because it was for it was selling for like 40 dollars at harvey norman i'm like this is like a free rental essentially
1: oh uh, so i look i commend you for picking the game up and giving another chance yeah. definitely but you being like here's a game i just didn't like, I'm like, I'm cancelling my pre-order. I thought I was considering pre-order, not going to pre-order. Oh, it's only $40 I'll buy it. Yet here you are like, Game Pass isn't worth it for like the couple of dollars I spent. And it's like, (laughs) I have to sit here doing a chart of value versus what I'm getting out of it. And here you're like $40 for a game that you didn't think you'd like. I just love that. No, I'll explain. I'll explain. I can easily
0: defend myself here. Number one. I had it in like my most anticipated games, so I, I want to give it a fair shot, right okay. I did the demo, didn't like the demo at all, felt it was way too like linear, straightforward, and it also just wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be more open, more sandboxy, or it's not at all. First thing, second thing is that it's not like game Pass. getting for forty dollars, I could sell it today for sixty dollars. That's if right.
1: you're into selling games. I say no, I don't. But... I don't. I don't factor that into when I purchase. Well, sure, games. but Other that's people, you. But this yeah, is no, me. I, I'm just laughing at the fact. No, no, no. But you're having. You're saying Let me finish. Let that You're me, saying forty dollars. Mr. Mr. Speaker, Mr. <laughs> Speaker, Mr.
0: Speaker, the member for Melbourne <laughs> needs to sit down. <laughs> so I. This is about me, not you. So this is about my criticism of like Game Pass, and then how I think about these things. So I do. I didn't sell very many games at all, right? It's normally I'll buy a game physically and then go, shit, I want to play this more often and jump back into it. So I buy it digitally and then sell the physical copy, something like that, right? I thought, look, it's $40. It's a Nintendo first party. It's probably never going to go below 50 bucks ever, like on the used market, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get it, have another try because it's the full game. And if I don't like it, I'm just going to go sell it. I might even go sell it to EB Games. I'm sure they'll probably give like 50 bucks for it or something like that, or 40 bucks minimum I reckon. So it's to me it was like either it's not even like a free rental. Like I looked at it, it as like, well, I'm getting paid to play this game. Like worst case scenario, right? And if I like it, it's like, okay, 40 bucks like that's for a first-party Nintendo game. That's like what is that US like 30 US dollars. Like it's like half price essentially in Australia for US pricing. So it's like have a crack. Anyway, Wait till the review to see what I think of it. Uh, Then also what I've been playing is a bit of DLC, actually. So I went back to Fire Emblem Three Houses. I didn't realize how many hours I put into that game. It was like over 100 hours I played in that game. I couldn't believe it. Um, And I went to go back to where I left the game off. I never finished the game. I was playing, I don't know why, I was playing on hard classic mode. So you have permadeath, if any of your characters die, and hard mode is more for like experienced Fire Emblem players. I don't know why I was playing the game like that. I got right to the last few chapters and I tried to play that chapter again. And I'm like, oh, now I remember why I gave up on this. Because I was like so frustrated that I couldn't but, beat without like, having anyone die.
1: But Indigo, that's the real way to play. If you play it any other way, you're not a real gamer. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I will
0: go back to it and I'll bump it from from hard to normal. That's what I'm planning to do. But in the interim, just to get back into it, I actually have the Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC. So Cinder's Cindered Shadows, which is like introduces the fourth house to the Three Houses. Um, and it's a very separate side story. So you could kind of play it. I think as long as you get past the, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's something that happens in the game about halfway through that you want to probably experience before playing the DLC, in my opinion. Um, but you know, if you've done that, it's fine. You don't need to finish three houses. So I'm going through the side story right now, which is really cool. Uh the other one is uh Mario Kart 8 man. Like I'm like really loving this DLC. I don't understand why everyone's like shitting on it. Just because it's I, I feel like people have this vision that it's they're just taking Mario Kart tour and porting the levels across to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That hasn't been my experience. And even when people are showing it side by side, they've definitely done work on the tracks. And some of the tracks, from what I understand, aren't even in Mario Kart Tour. So I don't I don't know why people have this real negative attitude towards this DLC. I reckon it's awesome. Like I'm really enjoying it. It's it's actually cool to it just gets you back into playing Mario Kart and you go, Oh yeah, this game's awesome. I understand why it's sold like 40 million copies.
1: I will say and I I front like I've not tried these dlc tracks at all um the look i I agree 100 like the, to me this is the first time they've ever done this for mm. um Mario Kart, not county world tour you know uh, adding tracks that's uh, sorry true no, They did done sorry, in Wii U sorry. Bit, yeah I was gonna say like with the except like first time they've added this amount like I know they oh, added yeah. a lot they added a lot in in Mar eight because I had that and I had the dlc and everything for that but this volume of tracks I'm talking, it's almost like an entire game's worth of tracks adding in. Yes, doubling the current track number. But I will say that not all of them, but when I was looking at the the like the like trailer footage that's showing at the moment, there were a couple that I'm like, like graphically just didn't look... Because Mario Kart 8 is a gorgeous game. I, to me, it's one of the best looking games on the system. And just some of them I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just because... They're going a bit slower in the trailer than what you'd normally see yeah. it, and so they don't need to put as much detail in. But it, it did feel a little like, oh, that maybe this maybe I'm blinded and and maybe Murray Kart 8 wasn't as good looking as I remember, but maybe it's just because some of these tracks they haven't maybe put as much care into them visually. Yes, yeah, I, so I, I
0: dispute that. I like I, I think you definitely want to play all the tracks to make to form that view. And if you do form that view, that's your opinion, right? But I do think like number one, the YouTube compression and just like how things are presented on YouTube versus actually playing it definitely affects things. I know how many times people have played games like Guardians of the Galaxy and going, oh, this game's awesome when you play it. Like it doesn't come across as well on trailers and YouTube. Um, And I I think for me, it's like the styles definitely changed. Like I don't view it, like maybe I'm wrong, but I view it as like they've gone for a different style. Like Mario Kart 8's been out for almost 10 years now. Like, I feel like the developers and the team and the artists are like, let's go back to more of a cartoony style. Because even one of the tracks is brand new, but it's more of a cartoon old school style of Mario Kart rather than the Mario Kart 8 style that they launched maybe, with. Maybe that's weird. what it
1: was. Maybe the art style was just different. But, yeah. uh, and trust me, I was looking at this. Like, I know I know what you're saying about YouTube compression, but it just visually looked a lot simpler. So It is, I was but like, it is, it is. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. look, I it is what it is like it's these are not i'm also not again i am played them but i for the value you're getting for this it's pretty crazy especially if you've got the expansion pass mm. for already you're not you're not having to pay for this separately so no no
0: exactly yeah, yeah. it's interesting what they're doing with the expansion pass we'll go get, get to it when we talk about the shake up that Nintendo's done with their release lineup but um outside of that i've been away uh down actually in melbourne so I haven't had that much of a chance to play anything outside of my Switch, but it's been cool going back to the Switch, and it kind of made me realize how awesome that system is going back to it. Because I've been smashing the PS Five recently, like God of War and all these other games, Spider Man. Um, but there is something just really inherently cool about the Switch as a system. It's just so pro, like get you into the game, play and then get out of it really quickly that I will always appreciate, especially being a busy dad. But um, but I, I must admit, there was a few moments I was like, especially with the new patch with Elden Ring, I'm like, damn, I want to like get back into it and try a few things out and, you know, maybe do a new playthrough. So yeah. I, I don't know. I could actually imagine myself installing it later today, <laughs> even though I need to go back to God of War at some point. But yeah, it's, it's tricky. But that is an amazing game. But it, I'll segue into your your uh week in, or multiple weeks in gaming at this stage i guess
1: yeah so a little bit going on so we failed in ring i'm not going to talk too long about this because as we said we're going to review it i'll just say yeah, as mentioned i beat it last week um just just in general this game feels like such an achievement in game design like i just how the fuck did they pull that game off in that time? It's just, right, it's crazy. I don't get it. I don't get and it. The, look, you can look at okay, the, how they, some, they've reused some stuff and things, but it's like, man, like look at what they've done. Like compared to, especially compared to other people that have attempted something on a similar scale, it is just wild. Um, but the other thing is this game just feels like a. One of those like all time classic cornerstones of gaming. Like mm. it feels like we've just gone through, you know, this game just came out. So it's basically two months old now. Um, but it feels to me like a cultural milestone of gaming. So it to like I look at games like your Legend of Zelda, your Mario 3, Final Fantasy 7, Half Life 2, these kind of big moment games. And it just, I, that has the, it has that feeling to me that the, Because this is not only... Obviously, the people that love Souls games love this game, but there's been so much discourse and so much people talking about this game outside of that space that you'd normally expect. It just feels like a... It just feels like that milestone game for me. So it'll be obviously interesting in 10 years' time if we're all still thinking about it the same way or if something has come along that's kind of felt better or whatever. But it just... I'm not saying it's like, it's, it's trend setting. It's just, it feels like that big time game. It's like that yeah. blockbuster game that you'll just always remember, man. Remember when Elden Ring came out? How crazy was that? You know? So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, like, I don't think it's even a hot take to say it's going to be this generation's Skyrim. I think in the same way that like Breath of the Wild kind of like, is that at that echelon mm. of just like, cause it's funny to look at, but. You know, Breath of the Wild, in terms of the sales, it just smashed, like, all the other Zelda games to pieces, right? It actually grew the audience so much. And I think that's the biggest thing in this game. Like, people... I see it on Twitter all the time. People are like, oh, I've never played the Souls games. I'm not good at them, blah, blah, blah. But I've had a crack. I really love this game. They might not finish it. But I think the thing is, with the Souls games, you do get up to these... Well, you know, in all the ones that have come so far, you get up to points where it's just, like, a roadblock, like you can't do anything like if you're just not good enough really like you can kind of grind and do some stuff like that but i think that's so much more laborious and difficult in the souls games previously whereas this game is like people just fuck off and go do something else and have fun and you know do different builds and yeah like people i know who hate the souls games like have played this and said oh yeah it's pretty decent like i like it so i, I yeah it's it's interesting i i, I I'm struggling to think, but I feel like there are examples like this where something's bubbled away and then just had something that's like taken off. Like maybe even like a Persona 5 where it's like, you know, that's been like, if you include Shimigami Tensei, it's like, they've all been like bubbling away, but it wasn't until then it exploded worldwide. You know, it's always had a big audience in Japan. Um, Yeah, I guess there's a few examples of that with like, even like Dragon Quest, right? Dragon Quest 12 went crazy, but... This game, 11. Uh, yeah, sorry, eleven. Yeah. Um But this game, yeah, it's. Uh, l- let's leave it to the the spoiler yeah, cast. But I, yeah. I I want us to all kind of go. Where do we think it ranks with like the other Souls games? I think that would be yeah. like a fun thing to do as well. The
1: the other thing is that it's been. I'm so glad I've finally obviously beat you know beaten the game. It means I can now absorb a lot of the community yeah. and a lot of the content creators that I would watch on a daily basis before Elden Ring, they but as stopped, soon as mate. Elden Ring came out, I was <laughs> like, I have to go on, you know, like Radio songs for that, and, you know, like, Let's Plays that I, you know, from channels that I always watch, like, you know, the guy, the Aussie guy that I've watched play through all the Dark Souls games from beginning to end, and he's now, his journey up until this point, it's like, now I can watch him go through as yeah. well, and... Yeah, so I'm looking forward to a deep dive when we uh, do our reviews. So.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Hopefully we'll be able to do it in the next couple of weeks and yeah. get it done.
1: Um, so the other stuff I've been playing, so my PlayStation Pile of Shame resolution, where I'm completing 13 PlayStation exclusives that I've not played before. What's your current
0: um, status, by the way, of the
1: 13? Well, I'm about to talk about that. Okay. So I have now completed four of the 13 games. So <laughs> what? I yeah, so I completed an extra two in the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> um they're not super long games or anything. So I I completed Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart which um I'm not again, not going to talk too long about this, just, you know, but I
0: want to hear because I like, I was kind of like mixed on the game.
1: So Rift Apart, it's a fun game. Um, It feels like, and I'm saying, I'm not saying this in a bad way. It feels like a PS2 game (laughs) with a gorgeous, no, that's not a bad thing. It feels like a PS2 game in terms of design Mm. with a gorgeous splash of paint on it. And that's, and that's good. Like it's to me, I, it's, it's good to have a game that feels like a throwback in terms of the way it's made and the way it plays it just obviously looks nothing like a PS2 game. It looks, it looks absolutely awesome. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think the thing for me is, especially at the start, and I kind of you know got, got used to it, is it's so Saturday morning cartoony yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of its this tone. Is, this is what I said as well, right? Yeah. yeah. And Which is not like, maybe I liked some of that stuff when I was younger, but obviously I'm much older now. And so it was like, it's a bit like, oh, I don't know. if And some of the character designs are a bit like, I don't know. You know. You know. There's lots of great 3D animation houses out there now, other than Pixar, right? Yeah. But you remember when Pixar was like the the only like game in town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pixar, yeah, yeah. and then. Like what felt like knockoffs, right? It was
0: though. It was a hundred percent. And knock-offs.
1: some of the character designs in this, I'm sure they're probably carried over from the original Ratchet and Clank. Wait, games, I felt like it... you were shitting on this game. So no, hard. it's just like it's just not like the art style is not my thing. I don't really like it very much at all. Yeah, honestly. no, I get even, you, man. I even Ratchet you. himself, it's like, uh but you get used to it. But the game itself is really fun. Um Yeah, it's. I think it's a, it's a great game for older kids, like as in, yeah. like you know. Um, I think some of the systems for like young young kids is probably a bit too much, but it's it holds your hands so much as well. Like you die, oh, you respawn like just and instantly, you and
0: you lose like one coin or something. It's yeah, like, it's it's so I forgiving.
1: Know. But um, no, really, really fun. Um, yeah, it's it's worth a shot. I don't think it's worth hundred over a hundred dollars or whatever it launched oh. with. Um, that is a lot of money for a game like that. I think, but. It's a uh, that's a decent amount of content. It's not super long, but it's got some extra stuff you can collect and things. So, I feel yeah. like
0: I feel like I'm I'm being vindicated here. Like
1: oh, I I I agree with your opinion. Right?
0: Yeah, it's you know like the biggest thing I'll say about the game is like this game 100% is suffering from what people say about uh Nintendo games that they get a Nintendo shine, like an extra 5 points on Metacritic, right? Hmm. This game sits at like 88 out of 100 on Metacritic. I'm sorry. That's that. That becomes meaningless. It's not eighty-eight out of a hundred. No way.
1: I will say I also have not played any of the previous games, so I can't compare them. Um, but that doesn't matter. This- just
0: even just judging it as a number, like that's to me yeah. nutty. Like I, like the highest I could ever imagine realistically going is maybe like an eight out of ten. Because ultimately, this game is so forgettable. Like this game does not stay with you. This game, does, this, we will not be talking about this game in five years. There's zero mm-hmm. chance.
1: One thing actually I I wasn't gonna mention this but now you've kind of reminded me is what I did really like about the game is how much it incentivized you to use a mix of the weapons. Yeah, and there's yeah. a bunch of weapons and the fact that when you use the weapons, the more you use them, the more you unlock like the diff- you can level them up five times or whatever. And it kind of it felt like okay, I need to actually mix these up so that, you know, I can level them all up. And it actually it, it got me using like you know like the mall basically which was really cool so anyway that was a. Uh, so that was one of the games i completed this
0: this got this game got 22 100s
1: oh that's ridiculous
0: <laughs> this is what i'm talking about it's like are these people getting paid like seriously anyway, dude. I, don't, like, anyway I don't
1: want to shit on the game
0: but can i just much say like because we shat on it a bit but like i think it's a really good game like i just think it's a super solid game it's like this game would be the perfect game to play after elden ring honestly because it's like Elden Ring's intense. This game's no intensity at all.
1: It's basically, what I did. So yeah. yeah.
0: No, no. I'm saying it's perfect. So um, anyway,
1: so the other game I beat this week was The Last Guardian. Oh, how'd so you that find was it? A PS4. So do you think well, I'd enjoy I, it? I knew going into this game. I'll I'll let you question at the end. Yeah. Um, I knew going into this game that it had a mixed reception launch outside of the fact that the game was delayed in production for a long time. I'm not even talking about any of that stuff. I just know when it came out, there was a lot of people like, this game is really fantastic. There's other people like, this game has issues. I wanted to really love this game, mm. and there is a lot to love. Um, the world that they create, like they did for, you know, their other games, um, you know, from, uh, I think Fumiko Ueda, Ueda, I believe. Anyway, the, you know, the Shadow of Colossus and all that. Um, and Trico, the big um, animal, um, like the griffin cat dog thingy, um, like the way that they handle all that is amazing. And, you know, you do feel a bond to them and everything. It's really great. And it has a great sense of wonder. Unfortunately, fuck me, this game is so infuriating to play. Like, I was. If you had, like, a a counter for every time I cursed at this game, (laughs) it would probably be higher than any game I've played in a long time. I was so pissed off at this game so much because. (laughs) The controls are just so infuriating. And hmm. I've played those previous games from this creator. I understand that they could they make the controls in his game in his games like different than other games to kind of give you a different feel and everything. But I wasn't getting frustrated at those games. This game I was so pissed off. Like I was I felt like putting an audio recording just so I could uh, play it back to you You should have.
0: You should have just streamed it. It would have been funny. The
1: hell out. I got through it, and there was moments I loved, and there's other moments where I was just so pissed off at this fucking game that. Oh. And the thing is, like that—that's outside of what a lot of the common issue a lot of people have with this game. Controls was a common issue, but the big thing was your. This is meant to be an animal, like you know, you're befriended them, but they're still an animal, so they don't act in the way that you'd always want them to, which is cool. But there's times the game has lots of puzzles where you've got them and then the the animal and, and you need to direct them somewhere in the environment and i'm sitting there i'm like okay well i think i need to go up there okay let's go up there i'm waiting i'm like please go up i'm like jumping up and down go up a minute and a half i can't get it to do anything I'm like, okay oh, well, that's...
0: so it's a companion animal that yeah. you don't control Correct,
1: uh, man i ha- like i hate that like yeah okay so, go on go on so basically after a minute and a half i'm like well maybe that's not the solution so i go around i spent ages looking at other stuff and blah 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 I can't find anything I'm stuck I'm like okay I have to look this up I can't be bothered I'm looking it up I had the solution the animals just didn't do what they were wanting to do so it's like Uh. what the fuck man so I was so pissed off at this bloody game but it was it did it does have stuff to like about it so if to go back to your question do you think do I think you would like this game probably not I think (laughs) you'd have a frustrating experience there'd be stuff you like but then you'd be like Man, this game is pissed me off. Yeah, I don't so, like games like that. Anyway. You
0: know, because have you played God of War yet? The, you're playing God of War 3, right? Before God of War You mean the remake, God of War, whatever. Well, the, I, I think the people re- now say God of War whatever, 2016. Re- yeah. Uh,
1: no, not yet, because I want to yeah, go play God of War 3.
0: Because I, like, I, I don't think this is a spoiler, right? But, um, you know, because you have a companion, right? Atreus. And it's amazing how, like, I was so nervous when I started playing the game. I was like shit like there's a companion all the way through this game I'm like oh man I'm worried now right it they it, like it's an amazingly well done job like what you're saying I've never felt that in the however many hours I have played God of War so far it's like I never feel like fuck he's not doing what I want him to do and if anything maybe it's a little bit too handholdy which I find I'm finding more and more like PlayStation games are so handholdy like hey, why don't we go up here? Or, hey, what, why don't we pull on this rope? It's like, okay, I fucking know what I'm doing. Like, shut up. I'm about to do that. But um, but it's never been like stuck or anything like that. So it'd be interesting when you get to that. I'm sure that's on your pile of shame.
1: It is, potentially.
0: So. I think you have two copies of it because of what you... <laughs> I do have two copies of it, so I need to play it twice. You should sell um, it. You should sell the other one for so, like $2. Right.
1: <laughs> so now a uh, couple of Game Pass games that yes. I'll talk about that I played across probably last month or so. Um, so the first one is a game by the name of Kraken Academy. So I didn't know what to expect with this game. Like some, um, Game Pass games, I kind of just jump into it based, and I'm like, okay, it's called Kraken Academy. I don't know what it is. Um, this is like a bizarre quirky adventure title. It's like top-down 2D, you move around, um, you're a new student at a, like a weird school made up of like different clubs, and I think you join the music club. And you end up becoming a servant for a giant friendly kraken that's like in the garden pond and it's a it's a weird super weird game, but I'm like, well what is this game? What what kind of game is it? I'm like, is it an RPG? Is it a, like just a top-down like hyper like drifter action game? It's just pretty much an adventure game. Like I didn't I played a couple of hours and I don't think I came across any form of combat or anything. So you pick up items, you walk around, you befriend people, you solve missions and problems and stuff. So I think that's all it is. It's just an adventure game. But I did actually quite like it. Like I ended up actually being a bit surprised by how enjoyable it was. Mm. Um, It is a little... Sometimes the quirkiness is a bit too forced. But there's like a time element to it where it's almost like Majora's Mask in terms of there's... You start the day and then you actually go through and there's like it turns to night and everything. And you've got to do stuff at certain times and things. Um, It's pretty well written from what I'd played so far, but um, yeah, I actually quite like this, honestly. Um, I'm a bit surprised. So that's, uh, yeah. When I was
0: trying to go through the B-roll to just skip to like a battle scene or something like that i'm like skipping 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 i'm like yeah. oh shit <laughs> like the, it's got very positive reviews on steam which i always think is probably the best indicator out of anything on the net so
1: yeah it's not going to be for everyone but mm. i think it's a fun little adventure game so yeah, was. that was that one the next one is um, your favorite a game that's this can be very interesting to talk about cricket 2022 or cricket 22 so as anyone's probably familiar with me knows i am not into sports um outside of watching a bit of tennis here and there i'm actually more of a fan of like the bass sports like your uh, darts and, and pool and stuff like in terms of even watching um but this game is made by big ant studios based here in melbourne of course um big up to got, melbourne yeah got bought by NACON last year actually in January um and they've been making cricket games since 2014 so they used to be do the don bradman cricket games then i think they did a year where it was called the ashes cricket or they did a special thing at least that year for the ashes and then since 2019 it's just been like cricket 19 cricket 20 and stuff like that um or cricket um yeah 2022 um they also make the uh, ao tennis the australian open tennis games mm. so But for me, knowing that I'm not a fan of cricket, I'm not a fan of sport in general, I actually approach this in the way that I'm like, okay, I'm interested in playing the part, because it's not too far off from the truth, of a player who knows nothing about cricket. Like, I know (laughs) basic cricket, but I don't know like a lot of the like specific details, rules, and stuff, right? But I'm like, okay, I'm going to play, I'm going to be that person, let's say, that lives in the US, knows nothing about cricket that sees this on Game Pass and is like, okay, I'm going to pick this up and play it. Yeah. And see also, see how it onboards new players who may not be super familiar with cricket. Um, so I went in the tutorial and things, you know, pretty easy to get to grip with at first. And then they started laying on the complexity quite a bit, the different types of the bowling and the different types of everything. And I'm like, oh, this is actually getting quite a, quite a bit more complex. It's very simmy. Um, it's not yeah. oh, very yeah, arcadey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's really great for people that love cricket. It seems quite well made. I know they've been making these games for a while. So I think they've kind of honed their um, their approach to this. But I think the thing for me is the fact that this is on Game Pass. Because, look, the people buying this game before it got put on Game Pass are obviously cricket fans. They know cricket. They don't need to know what an LBW is or whatever, right? But since it's got added out the Game Pass, you're going to have a whole new audience. But this game does not explain anything about mm. what cricket is. It does not explain any of the basic rules, any of the more advanced rules, anything like that, at least that I could find as part of the tutorial. So I think it really would have benefited them for a new audience to at least put maybe a bit of a, Even a video thing is almost like, hey, here's a quick overview, yeah. and you can find it from the, the menu or something. If it's there and I didn't see it, then, then, I'm, I'm, then I'm at fault there. Yeah. But it just felt like they could really benefit from that. So,
0: Yeah, that's that's really super interesting because that basically means you're just never going to really grow your audience yeah. because you're never going to recommend this to someone who doesn't have some skerrick of an idea about cricket, right? Yeah. Because sometimes like you and I have both played like some of these sports games, more arcadey, but sports games that we don't know the sports. Like when we were mm. kids, we were playing Madden, right? And that was super fun. Like, that was awesome playing those games or NHL and stuff like that. Like, it's, I personally think it's an awesome way to get the key demographic into your sport, which are younger people. Like, who's going to watch your sport in 20, 30 years, right? You need to get the younger people on it. Uh, So, yeah, that seems like a massive misstep on their part.
1: Yeah, well... That's the thing. It's like when they got, when they were seeing it was being added to Game Pass or when they decided obviously with Microsoft to do that, it's like, to me, I would have been like, well, let's, let's what can we do to get that audience? But yeah. Because anyway, well, well. even
0: that, you could do it in such an easy way at the start of the game going, hey, do you know the difference between a flipper or a wrong Or like, you know, it's like, yeah, or like what the f is if wrong and whatever, and then you just like separate the
1: audience into like I know nothing about cricket versus like people who but are passionate about it. The thing is, right? Even the most basic rules of cricket, even as an Aussie, you understand the basic rules of what cricket is in terms of yeah. you got the batter and the bowler, you got you know you got to do runs while you hit blah blah blah. I'm not saying it's too far off from something like your baseball and stuff as someone that's never learnt it, but yeah. it doesn't explain. It doesn't talk about anything like Just that, get straight so into it yeah. assumes a knowledge. But look, it seems well made. Um, I think for cricket fans, it'd be fun to play. So mm. okay, cool. Nice. All right, next game is a very odd little game called the Dungeon of Nahul Book. I think it is <laughs> Nahul Book. <laughs> That's a hard um, word. The well, it yeah. I'll, I'll explain it a bit in a second. Uh, the Amulet of Chaos. So. This actually came out in 2020 on PC. Um, from what I've played, and I didn't play too much of this one, it seems like a solid, if not a pretty kind of generic tactics RPG in terms of its gameplay. So I think XCOM with taking cover, setting Overwatch and things like that. But to me, the what was more interesting about this game is the setting of it um, is actually based on a French IP, actually an online audio series that came from like 2001, Ooh. called Le Dungeon des Noble, <laughs> de Noble Book or something, but basically Dungeon. Oh. But it's, this is actually like a whole IP that's got books, it's got like comic books and everything, and it's all a parody of Dungeons & Dragons. So it's all tongue-in-cheek. Like Your characters are just called Warrior and Elf and everything. But they've actually got got established characters that fans of that IP have known for well, well over a decade now. Um, so they've basically turned that into um, a pretty... You know, little solid tactical RPG, which seems all right. Um, it looks nice when you actually see the character animations and everything. It's The dialogue is a little grating. It's very much like breaking the fourth wall all the time and things. Um, to me, it's kind of like if you mixed Munchkin, and which I do like, Munchkin and... Yeah. Xbox, uh, sorry, XCOM, not Xbox, XCOM. <laughs> That's kind of the feeling I got from this game. So I'll probably give it more of a proper shot eventually, um, but it seemed all right. So
0: Yeah, Munchkin being a tabletop game, which I love because it actually kind of intentionally has in the rule book, ah, sometimes we don't really know what the rules are, so you have to decide amongst yourselves. The the owner of the game has yeah. the, the final set. I do love that. I do love that. Because that's every, like, you know, my wife and I love playing Carcassonne. Like, we have a lot of the expansion yeah. sets. Because that's a good two-person game that's different than chess or something like that. But there are points where it's like, hmm, wait, the rule's saying this, and then the expansion saying that. And then we have to download this fan version of the manual. It's like 300 pages. Jeez. We have a printed version of it in our house. It's like, we, cause we're both like very rules based. So it's like, we go through it. And like people are like debating about what the rules should be. <laughs> so I do like Munchkin's approach of like, okay, like, yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out. So like, let's just throw it to the owner.
1: <laughs> Cool. and the last game I'll talk about is a game that actually was a new release I didn't realize um, on game pass uh, called a memoir blue so this game is a little hard to describe at first um, they call it an interactive poem I when I played through it felt more like like an interactive music video if that makes sense like it's very mm. focused around the audio design but basically it's it is like a narrative game with some light puzzles and things, but it's about a story about a professional athlete's memories of her mother. And it's a really unique concept. Apparently it's based on um, the life or, you know, the memories of one of the actual designers. Um, so you go through and you experience kind of her memories and and of her growing up and everything and with her parents splitting up and stuff, but through these fantastic, cool kind of um, scenes and, at first, I was really put off from the game because in the first opening scenes, it failed to convey how to actually interact properly with the mm. game, which seems like a cardinal scene of gaming. So I was really put off. I'm like, well, I understand what I need to do, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to import to drag this. I think I had to unlock a phone that was on the, lying on the table. And I didn't realize you have to hold the input button down and then use the stick to drag the cursor across while holding it. So once I understood that's what the game was wanting, is the holding and the moving, then I'm like, okay, then I kind of was able to get through it. But what actually... I actually ended up really enjoying this um, by the end of it because I did actually complete this. It's not very long. Um, Because there are moments where at first I'm like, this doesn't feel earned. Like it's all trying to be all emotional, doesn't feel earned. But then there's a moment where it's like, okay, it started to click with me because, as I said, it's a story about her and her mother. And, you know, like, I started to get me thinking about my own relationship with my mother who passed away a few years ago. And it's like, I think once you start to make that connection, then the game starts to impact, have more impact. And it's got a really nice art style, beautiful music, very, like, Sarah Blasco, like, indie, pop, folky, but it's in a good way. Yeah. Um... And, yeah, it's, it's pretty short. I think I beat it in under two hours. It's not meant to be anything longer than that. I think it's a really nice game if you just want a chill experience. But just don't expect it to, you know, give you... It's, it's not an action game or anything. So. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah, I thought yeah. it was quite nice. So.
0: Yeah, like, it, it's cool, uh, you know, especially becoming a dad. if it, it feels like so many of those things you get more emotional about. Hmm. Um, and as you just get older, you go through more shit in life. And you, I don't know. Become more like a, a human rather than a robot. At least that's yeah. my experience of the human condition so far. I can't, I can't feel empathy until I feel the thing that you go through. But um, yeah, no, that's interesting. It, like, I really do love the idea of games like that. I don't necessarily love playing them, like depending on how they click with me. But I do like the medium being a bit more than just like you know action arcade shooters and all this other kind of stuff when it can do more like and because it's interactive it's actually like a really cool way to experience the story
1: i think not thinking of this game as a game is probably going to help you if you if you go to it yeah like like a
0: like yeah yeah. exactly like a gamey game so all right cool that's all you've been playing swinny that's all all right let's move into the news so in news that would excite swinny 2K and Gearbox Software have announced a new Tales from the Borderlands game, which will be coming out in this year. So the announcement was made at PAX East this week. The original 2014 series was made by Telltale Games and was highly regarded. The follow-up is being made in-house at Gearbox and has been in production for a few years. Swinny, do you want to take the rest away? I know that you're excited about this.
1: Yeah, because uh, Tales from Borderlands was great, like shockingly great. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Telltale style of um, gameplay, mm. but this Tales from Borderlands had really well written characters. It was, as as mentioned, it wasn't written by Gearbox, but it still had the vibe of Borderlands. But it was essentially felt like its own thing. And they did some of the characters from Tales of Borderlands did go on to be in like Borderlands Three, and I think some people actually felt that the way that they were treated in borderlands 3 felt like it just felt a bit odd it's like mm. okay you've taken these characters and amped them up to 11 because the borderlands games the nor the mainline games are kind of super over the top yeah whereas this was a little bit more down to earth um because it was more about the character building and dialogue and everything but i think th- the reason why i think this is really great news is um it goes to show that look a series that, like I didn't think we would ever get another one of these games simply because of the whole Telltale situation. Yeah. Um, but obviously Gearbox, um, you know, Gearbox have have had their their hits and their massive misses. But at the same time, I think it's great that they've that they're actually doing this for people that want more of this style of game. Um, it won't feature the same characters. It will feature all new characters. You may have them pop in as cameos, just like the, some of the mainline Borderlands characters were cameos in in the first series but the other thing is they're calling this a game they're not calling it a series so the first tales from borderlands released five episodes like the majority of telltale series did yeah um whereas they said called this a game so oh, i'm not okay. expecting this to be an episodic thing um they may potentially already you know you get these voice actors and everything then maybe they'll just record a whole bunch of stuff and maybe they'll do two games i don't know but um they're not treating as episodic from the teasing um, that they've said the only thing they've shown at the moment is just like a teaser image with some silhouettes of potentially the new characters um but yeah no platforms or anything are known but it is coming this year they um i think uh, Randy Pitchford said at on stage at PAX East so mm. that's uh yeah coming very quickly with uh, on the what is it about games coming this year that we didn't know about like we had monkey island last episode um <laughs> Oh, but you know,
0: I think it's the whole COVID thing, and then also cyberpunk disaster, right? Of <laughs> just like, and we'll we'll cover that next in the next story about just release dates changing. But mm. I, I just think people don't feel a hundred percent comfortable or confident that certain dates are going to get hit. You Just yeah. just before we move on, like on the episodic sort of approach, I, I feel like that's they've tried that. Like many people, you know, Telltale m- most infamously or famously, depending on your view. I just don't feel like it works very well in games, in my opinion. And I'm actually shocked to see that Telltale, you know, the revival of Telltale, that um, especially with Wolf Among Us, you know, the sequel that they announced, that they're still going to go with an episodic approach to that. It just feels very strange to me. I agree with your view. I think that this game will be a game and it won't be broken up into pieces. I feel like it doesn't help the hype of your game by splitting it up into little bits.
1: Yeah, it's, I think there's there are some benefits, but I agree. I think most of it is just... It just feels like it drags on, especially if we had some episodes of Telltale Games that were just delayed and delayed and delayed, so you had months yeah. and months between them. And obviously, famously, you've got Half-Life Episode 3 as an example of, <laughs> of people just being yeah. really let down, that there was no kind of follow-up onto a loose thread there. Um, but yeah, it's... It's an interesting space. I mean, the the whole industry has changed since that era, um, and just maybe just doesn't. Maybe they tried it and it just didn't. Well, for Telltale, it worked out for a while, but obviously the the bottom fell out eventually. So.
0: Well, I think it was very novel at the start, and it was almost like a really great way to garner attention with the media. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this game is coming out in installments. It's like, oh, wow, this is a really cool idea. But I think ultimately it gets back to you know, you need to have like a pretty big bang for your game. Mm. I I, like, you know, I love marketing. I don't know much about marketing. Weirdly enough, I don't know if you know this, but I'm, you know, I don't want to dox myself, but I'm technically in marketing now, my role where I work. Like I'm officially in marketing, right? Which is super bizarre.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) But I don't do any marketing stuff, but I'm officially in marketing, which I think is hilarious. Uh, And I've noticed the demographic change massively compared to the other teams I've worked with. Um, But, what, what I was trying to say is that I, I do love this element of the games industry. And then I look at what happened with uh, Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring. It's like, I, like, it feels like it was a Mexican standoff. And they're just like, oh, we're going to pull the trigger. We're just going to keep the game at this release date. And to me, that was, that's a, what a terrible decision, honestly. Like, imagine if they release that game now or like in May where it, like there's there's a few games coming out like but nothing massive no triple a games that i'm aware of are coming out in the next month and i feel like everyone's played elden ring it would be like time to like have a game like that come out but instead it's like people have missed that game hmm. it it's sales are like terrible compared to what they were expecting so yeah, no, I love the marketing element of it, but I'm I'm surprised that you know I'm Wolf Among Us too. They're talking about it in being in installments, but yeah.
1: So uh, talking about release dates.
0: Yes, we're talking about release dates. So nice segue, Swinny. So Nintendo's been busy this week with a dynamic duo of release date drops. So Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, three, sorry, is dropping twenty nine. Maybe I. Get the right one up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, 29 I July. That's all good. Uh, which is over a month earlier than the original September release window. I do love Nintendo fans. I am a Nintendo fan. And people getting really annoyed with the following one, which is Splatoon 3, which has now been officially announced as the 9th of September, where people have said, what the hell? This has been delayed. This is meant to be in summer 2022. So this North American summer, right? The thing is, like, summer is not, like, ending in August. Like, in North America, summer is, like, I think all the way to the 22nd of September. So it's still in that same window.
1: People getting annoyed. The game, like, September's (laughs) not that far away. Like, what
0: the hell? No, but it's more like they're saying, oh, it's been delayed. And quite honestly, I think the game has been delayed. So when when this was announced that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was being moved forward, I'm like, hey, I want to talk about this. Like this has to mean that Splatoon is getting delayed or like getting pushed back a little bit to get more time. And then like within, what was it? Like two days, as you've written. Yeah. Bang, here's Splatoon 3 and here's the date for Splatoon 3. It's like, this is so obvious that these games switched order.
1: It's just crazy to me that Xenoblade, the Xenoblade games, and I've only played the first Xenoblade Chronicles for maybe about five hours. Um, They're so massive in scope and there's so much production value to them they just seem to make them so quickly in terms yeah. of like relative time for game development, mm-hmm. the fact that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was ready to be moved up. I know that's just, amazing. <laughs> Monolith soft can they they're like from from soft, like what is these soft d- developers you know they, they must <laughs> bend space and time to create their games. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's funny because and you know they're also working on Breath of the wild two because they worked on Breath of the Wild one. They they did all the sort of you know the landscape and the settings and all like all the settings oh, and stuff at like it. That. yeah well they're amazing at that right? But you're right like when did Xenoblade Chronicles one come out? Was that like two thousand and nine ten something ballpark like that? I
1: don't know, but there's been four of them now, like including this new one. So
0: yeah, that's what that's where I was getting at. It's like how oh. insane is the production of like these massive games like Xenoblade Chronicles X, which it I don't know are they ever going to bloody release that? Really yeah, it was 2010, 2010. Release it on the Switch, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Hmm. Like, it feels weird to me that they didn't bring that out on the Switch. It feels like just such a free hit, you know?
1: Yeah, like, and these games have so much voice acting and, yeah. and, and like, so much in them that it's just crazy. Um, I,
0: I don't know my uh, issue with Xenoblade Chronicles, but I, like, own all the Xenoblade Chronicles games and not have played more than, like, a couple of hours of any of them. Like, I'm even talking about, I've got Torna, the Golden Country, like, physical, which is, like, fairly rare. Um, I don't know why. I just, I love the the design of it. I love, like, the setting. I love everything. But then I start playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I'm like... Ah oh, no, I need to go back to Xenoblade Chronicles 1 first. So.
1: It's funny. I've got, like, a PS2 special edition of Xenosaga Part 2. Ah, nice. While well, it's soft as well. Nice. And I've never played it because I don't have Part 1 of nice. my PS2. But, um, honestly, the actual trailer, when I watched it for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, like, man, that game looks really good. Like, the battle system UI, everything's like, man, this is so... looks slick, you yeah. know? Like, it's kind of crazy. Um.
0: I'm I'm happy and, to and to ship you down my Xenoblade Chronicles games if you want.
1: Well, I've got I've got I've got it to play on the Switch. Uh, the oh, you got you got the definitive the remaster edition. Of, yeah. Of, of, the, of, the <laughs> of, of one. one. That's funny. Um, <laughs> okay. But look look at, on the footage at the moment. Look how nice the battle UI looks. Oh, it looks so amazing. Good, man. Yeah. And then you've got a game with we'll bloody Pokemon. Anyway, that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I mean like Nintendo did steal my thunder it, like Splatoon 3 being announced. I am like ultra hyped about this game i will i like i definitely don't want to dox myself but there's reasons why i want to you know take a day off around that time anyway which i will but now this game's coming out on the friday i'm like okay i'm gonna take friday off work uh and i'm gonna get this digitally swinny you'd be proud of me i'm gonna oh, get a nice. digital i'm gonna get it like day one so i might start playing at midnight jump in the game and then also you know how they have those uh those they have it in Australia and Europe I think where you can buy like a pass to buy two games like a game voucher I should check if they still sell it actually and it's like you get it like for a certain percentage off for these kind of games it's actually it does work out pretty well I'm going to get that voucher because I've been waiting for two games to buy right and now this is going to be the second one now the first game that I'm going to buy digitally finally is Smash Brothers <laughs>
1: It's funny you say that. I um, I was round at my nephews and nieces or my sister's place, but yeah. Nice, yeah. And I took um, I took a couple of Switch games with them for them to play while I was there, and one of them was Smash Brothers. And I left it there and I'm, on purpose. And I'm like, did <laughs> I do that? So for, to, for, to force myself to buy the digital version of Smash Bros, like you just did, <laughs> so I don't have to swap the cartridge. Yeah, time
0: I, I, it's such. I know this is like maybe one of the greatest first world problems ever right Or examples of it but it genuinely does bother me for multiplayer games switching the card out and from that time on with with smash brothers i just decided i'm never going to do it again i'm not like any game that's predominantly multiplayer i'm just going to get digital because it's going to shit me too much so so no splatoon 3 like just quickly on it like super hyped about this the footage looks awesome I mean, the biggest criticism I have is it looks like more Splatoon, which is awesome. But looking at it, I'm like, I mean, I could show you this and go, this is Splatoon 1. And I've actually like tricked you, Swinny. This is the B-roll for Splatoon <laughs> the, the 1. Like, you're not going to be 100% sure, right?
1: <laughs> the question is, though, other than adding just more... the same thing what else do you do with splatoon as a multiplayer game obviously you can do different stuff with single player content yeah but what else do you do
0: well but i think it's very easy for nintendo because let's be real like i love nintendo and i love splatoon like i've played splatoon on the wii u and then splatoon 2 on the switch and like put in like i don't know 100 plus hours i I gotta say like the the party system If I compare it to Halo 3, which was like what, 2008, it sucks, man. It's embarrassing. It's like literally embarrassing for me because I was like telling you, hey, you got to play Splatoon 2, da da da. We jump on. It's like, oh, wait, no, we we can't be in the same party. We have to have like four people to play four on four. And you know what a mess it was, right?
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I'm talking of like when people just looking at the moment-to-moment gameplay, not oh, the sure, systems sure. behind it. Like, what else do you do to that? But 100% with the party, like yeah, and that's from someone that's probably played it an hour. <laughs> you yeah, know? but you, you know, <laughs> well, even on, you on that, that though, Swindy, so. I
0: think that that's just like Counter Strike, like uh, realistically Call of Duty, like all of those games, they don't really evolve that much, right? But I think everyone's happy with the moment-to-moment gameplay. It's all the stuff around it, the quality of life, I think, that people care more about. And I think, for me, like, Splatoon, how it works mechanically, is, like, they pretty much perfected it in Splatoon 1. It's everything around it. Like, I love the the art. The art's amazing and the music. But the systems of, like, parties and all this kind of stuff, it's fucking annoying. It's so... It's, like, really detrimental to the game. Like, Rocket League... I, I know it's like a high bar, but if they just had the same systems as Rocket League, I fucking would play so much Splatoon. Like I'd be on that shit all the time, because like the like online working well. Like I have to say, if the online works way better than Splatoon two, I'm gonna be playing a lot of this game. Because Splatoon two's online's horrible. Like I have a rock solid connection, and I get like timeouts and dropouts and shit like that. So, but I I, would, outside uh... of that, let's let's go into the the rest of the release schedule because. Okay. Like, I'm just, like, looking at it. Like, I kind of forgot that Switch Sports is coming out this week for Nintendo. I'm going to get onto that. Um, and then Mario Strikers is in June, like, the start of June. I'm, like, on the fence about that. I don't know where you sit on that.
1: Oh, look, I, I never got a chance to try the original on GameCube, so um, I'm sure it's great. I've heard it's great.
0: Yeah, I've played a bit of the original on GameCube, and I love it. It might be one of my favourite sports titles for mario like nintendo outside of you know mario kart if you call that a sports title I, i'm just very wary because the last few outings like the golf outing all the stuff it's sort of like they're good but they just like lack that nintendo next level polish for me mm. so i'm not gonna jump on it the one that i am gonna jump on is fire emblem warriors which is uh the three hopes so you know very similar to what they did with age of calamity uh with breath of the wild I wasn't going to buy this originally. And then I'm like, you know what? I love that Age of the Cal- Age of Calamity game so much. Like, it did shocked you, me how much I enjoyed that.
1: Did you ever try the first one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I played that on the Wii U. Okay. And I liked it. But I think the thing is, I'm just not very familiar with the characters. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a massive thing, right? Whereas with Three Houses, I love the characters in Three Houses. Like, jumping back to Three Houses, I was like, damn, I love the characterization of these people. Like, it's really fun. So yeah, I looked at Warriors. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna get it, stuff it. Like it's it's an awesome game to just plow in some dumb time. Um, then obviously they've got Pokemon, the next gen Pokemon games coming out later this year. So how
1: crazy is it? We've got more Pokemon coming out this year. But that's what like they, they always do. That's what they do no, every but two I'm, years. Yep. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like it's with the Trainers, Ar- 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 Yeah, Traeus, sorry, whatever. yeah, whatever. It's like it Arcues it just feels like that was so recent, you know, yeah. it's kind of crazy.
0: And I, I felt like there was a bit of a hole in the lineup, but I do look at it and I know you've like done a good job here of like, you know, you've got the Mario movie coming out before Christmas this year, which is going to be massive. Right. And I always thought there's going to be a Mario game this year, but maybe not with the Mario movie coming out. Maybe that doesn't actually make sense. I don't know. Like maybe it makes more sense after the Mario movie. Like, you know, mm three to six months after that movie you know if it's like a big success having a game come out straight after that it's just going to sell more so i
1: mean they could always do if they wanted something at the same time or in that yeah. era, they could always do like a little bit of an expansion thing for odyssey yeah that'd well. be cool oh yeah. man
0: a dlc dude yeah you're speaking yeah. my language now
1: but... but like what just think what they did you know um Look, obviously they they're now doing DLC for a bunch of their games yeah. but Mario has just never really been a DLC kind of game but the closest thing is and it's very different but is obviously Bowser's Fury so yeah. it's kind of like I could almost see them doing something like that again you know but for Odyssey this Yeah no, that's true um
0: and, and you know like they never had DLC for Zelda and they did that with Breath of the Wild I think look under the new um president he's like he literally came in saying we need to sell more to when people enjoy our games, like essentially going, we need to sell more DLC,
1: which Nintendo <laughs> they, they, they don't make enough money, we need to make more money.
0: No, but like, <laughs> you know, I know that people will say, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, I, I, whatever, I don't know, I'll cop that, whatever. But I think whenever they do DLC, generally it's pretty good value. Like, the, the like Three Houses is a bit iffy, like, I think the Zelda expansion stuff was awesome. Like what they're doing with Mario Kart, that's like $25 Australian, I think. Like if you want to get it that way for another, like doubling the tracks. Um, But then I did, I did double check and I looked at their, um, their financials as well. And then also the fact that you can actually uh, pre-order these games, but yeah, like it does seem like Bayonetta 3 and Mario and Rabbids is still pretty much on track to come out this year. Mm. So if that's the case, that's, they're actually going to be pretty big games. Like, I think Mario and Rabbids is going to do a lot more business than I think people are expecting. Because that first game's awesome, and I wonder if a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't jump on it, but this is a good opportunity to just jump on the next one. Uh, Bayonetta 3 is a massive game anyway, so I think they're pretty much set for the rest of the lineup uh, for this year. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be buying a lot of Nintendo games, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and completing them all to keep a well, I, I Can I just say quickly, I, I'm going to... I am being influenced by my own resolution and I'm not going to buy live a live or live alive or whatever you want to call when it. When is
1: that coming out again?
0: It's really soon. It's coming out uh 22nd of July. Oh, okay. So like right next to um next to Xenoblade Chronicles, right? It's kind of crazy. It's like one week before. I like I think with the whole cro- like Chrono Trigger stuff, I'm like I'm not the biggest fan of these, like, JRPGs in reality. Like, I love Final Fantasy VI. I love specific ones, but just in general. And then I looked at the art again and some more trailers and some more recent trailers that are coming out the last few weeks. And I'm like, I like the way it looks, but I don't love the way it looks. And I still haven't finished Triangle Strategy. So I'm just not going to buy it for the sake of buying it. So I do think that that game, putting my mic hat on, I feel like that game will go up in price, the physical version of it. It's just one of those niche titles that I don't imagine they're going to make millions of copies. And it's going to be one of those ones that people feel like you have to collect for, I think, at least. But anyway, but um, yeah, I'm not going to... Well, yeah, I don't, I've got to think about whether I want to buy it as an investment. <laughs> Moving on to our final segment, and I think this is going to be you taking care
1: of this, Swinny. Yeah, probably me talking to myself on this one. <laughs> um, so... We actually had an update this week um, about the All Elite Wrestling video game that's been in production for a while now. Straight away, anyone watching on YouTube, I'll just clarify, this is very old, like a year-old kind of teaser footage they showed. It's got nothing to do with this update we're getting. Yeah. I just wanted something to look at. Um, but basically, I, I we haven't talked about this game since they announced it back in, I think it was November 2020. So... God, we've been doing the show actually for quite a while now. Um, yeah, uh, that's we true. We talked about yeah. it there, and it wasn't like the first episode or something. <laughs> uh, but basically, the name people have been wanting to know what the name has been, and this week seems like we've gotten the reveal from uh, Tony Khan himself, the CEO of AEW. So at recent tapings, uh, they generally tape like Dynamite and Rampage. They're two shows on the same night. Um, Dynamite's a live show. Rampage is um, a pre-tape show. And they were taping Pittsburgh, so Tony Khan actually came out and told the crowd, "Hey, you guys are going to be part of the of the AEW video game. Uh, it's going to be called AEW Fight Forever." So that cha- that is an iconic crowd chant that um, for modern wrestling, basically made famous by like Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, at Takeover, and stuff, where it's like "Fight Forever," and it's like a re- it's only. It's like exclusively for game matches that just are off, absolutely off the hook. I actually, with that also being an alliteration, I think that is one of the most perfect wrestling names of game names. I think, like it to me. I don't know, go if you've ever been part of like, in a, especially in a professional sense, having to name name something. Oh uh, yeah, and like around, even
0: recently, I named something by accident.
1: Yeah, and you're you're in you're in like a, a brainstorming session, and everyone's talking. And I can just imagine the person's like, AEW Fight Forever. Man, just <laughs> nailed it. To me, it's like the perfect name for this. So, because it, all, it resonates so well with the hardcore wrestling audience, which is AEW's audience. Yeah. Um, so, but I will say it appears to be because the reason being, I think there's still one mobile title that they haven't fully revealed. So, the hope is it's not for that. The hope is it's for the console game that's being made by Ukes, together with the, the No Mercy director. Um, and yeah, so the crowd was, you know, they got the crowd to chant the different, um, so we know from, from those crowd chants that Sting, Hangman Page, Adam Cole and FTR are all definitely in the game. You'd expect them all to be in there. The, um, Hangman's the champion, the others are all very big names for them. Um, But yeah, it was a, yeah, I think just a really cool little update. I just wanted a chance to kind of just bring it up on the show again and also just say the fact that I think it's an absolutely awesome name that they've chosen if uh, it is for the console games. Yeah. So, yeah. It's,
0: uh, like, I'm more fascinated about that whole AEW thing as a, like, business person. Like, because it just feels like it's so inevitable, WWE are going to buy them.
1: I don't (coughs) think so because... um, Because of the hatred? No, I've mentioned in the past, like the people that own AEW are much richer than Vincent Mann, So I don't, I don't think that they <sighs> yeah. would. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, may look, who, but who it's, knows not a in ba- years. it's not in mean, twenty oh, Yeah, but no. But the thing is, like this is WWE. Have have they don't outside of WCW? Don't they haven't bought any companies um, in a long time? What they generally well, they haven't might had do, to
0: because there's no one else competing against them, right?
1: No. There's there's been companies right, um, impact still going. Yeah, so. but no, no,
0: nothing to the like AEW is as a non wrestling person. AEW is now at a threshold where I hear about it. I'm like, oh,
1: okay. Yeah, but it's not it. I, as a wrestling fan, it, it that doesn't make sense. It's not a WWE thing for them to buy. What what WWE is a WWE move is they wait for the company to die and they pick the remains. And what they do is they pick the talent. And they pick the tape library. That's what WWE do. They don't generally buy the companies. Um, mm. They'll buy the the assets of in terms okay. of like the tape library and stuff. But no, like a look, AEW is is riding high in terms of TV deals and and yeah. everything like that. And um, so, but yeah, look, this game, this game could end up being absolute shit. Who knows? But obviously, the hope is um, that it's it's not um you know by all accounts the recent um w uh, uh, wwe game was actually pretty good so which is you know bucking the trend for them in recent years but um but obviously people want want a new a a, a new game to play so i do i haven't played a wrestling game in a long time so. and like
0: you have been doing the wrestling games for a gazillion years right yeah yeah. And yeah.
1: they've they've been part of some bad ones, but they've been part of really good ones as well. So mm. hopefully we're getting the good part of that.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I guess maybe having more time and everything, hopefully that will translate into a better game. I think I think honestly it'll be important for the game to be a good game, for AEW to go to another level in my opinion.
1: The the good part is they've got Kenny Omega who is a massive gamer and he's one of the the executive um, vice presidents of AW. Yeah, he's he's kind of you know one of the key people running that part of, of uh, it. Interesting. Yeah. So he would know what is a good game and what's not. Like he's very yeah. much a massive gamer. So
0: interesting. No, ah, should be interesting to see how it goes. All right, let's get into our, our famous segment. <laughs> famous, <laughs> world famous, is it? <laughs> yeah. When one win for the win. So where we try to fit up all the week or the fortnight's news into one minute uh we are now sitting at 192 words so it's starting to actually literally be very very quick sweetie
1: <laughs> it's funny because mike was doing 200 words for weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> and i'm only getting close to it now
0: but you're getting like some good like match prep to get up to that that number right like it's getting fi- like you're still getting it within like a few seconds
1: i am i is one minute for the swing technically older than the minute, Mike? Now, it might be. Oh,
0: it might be. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it so might be.
1: I, man, I, I can't wait to fail this. And, uh... <laughs> you know,
0: I'm actually going to be fascinated if you go. Okay, you set a record, and then we start with Mike, at like whatever, 190 words or 180 words, and then see where he gets to. So he, this could be like this long run segment.
1: <laughs> you know, Mike, he'll be like, "Give me 220." You know, like he's not <laughs> going to start. He's not going to start low. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so as always, we'll start whenever you feel
1: comfortable to start Swinny. Lucasfilm Games and Skydance have announced a new Star Wars action-adventure game. Infinity Ward are teasing the announcement of the next Call of Duty game, likely Modern Warfare 2. A Ghostbusters VR game has been announced for Quest. After playtest footage leaked, Ubisoft have revealed the cartoony free-to-play shooter Project Q. We have a re-release news bonanza! A bundle of remastered classic Sonic games called Sonic Origins launches June 23rd for all platforms. Bite-sized throwback JRPG Light Fairy Tale Episode 1 is coming to Switch on April 28th. The Switch is also getting a port of the 2011 cult hit Al Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. No More Heroes 3 is coming to PC PlayStation and Xbox later this year. The Shadowrun Trilogy are getting console ports. The Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series launches July 8th for all platforms excluding Switch and Lego Builder's Journey coming to PS4 and PS5 on April 19th. Switch Online has added Genesis titles Shining Force 2, Sonic Spinball and Space Area 2. 343 Industries are targeting in August for finally adding online co-op to Halo Infinite and finally an upcoming Lego Atari 2600 set has been leaked. Oh, I didn't know about the Atari 2600 set. Yeah, so... I mean, it's. it's I thought we didn't old, cover leaks. What is This look, the Lego ones have been so on the money over the years. Um, basically, there's no, there's no image of it yet. Um, oh, oh, it's Atari. It's the Atari VCS, which is also the 2600 in the old school, like wood grain. Wait, 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 design, wait. So, wait, what is it? Is it the? Uh, if we say
0: it again. Is it the? So
1: the VCS, the VCS VCS yeah. the original VCS got renamed to the 2600 at some point. The 2600 also went through oh. the the model revisions like I had the chrome design with the color strip and stuff. But basically the the wood grain design is the one that, that people are talking about, so.
0: Yeah, cuz you know the Atari VCS is the Quote unquote new Atari console. Well, yeah, well.
1: but the original, it was originally called the VCS. Yeah, well. I know. The it's, original it's, one, yeah. yeah, very yeah. weird how they did that. So, weird. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, I think they should call it the 2600 for the Lego sets. So I'd
0: be shocked if they don't. Yeah. So, yeah. that That's actually, like, I don't know why. Wow. I don't know why. It's the first console I ever played. The first game I ever played was on the Atari 2600. Why would I think of, like, getting that set? You know, what a maniac. Um, <laughs> Ah, uh, okay, that's that's cool, man. I'm just finding out that from from you now. Hmm, hmm.
1: I might get that set because man. it is Atari's 50th anniversary, and uh, yeah. we know how they've celebrated in other ways. <clears throat> <clears throat> NFT loot boxes. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I yeah I would definitely want to get that as long as it doesn't look like crap. Um, because. Yeah because i I, i'd like another set like i'm considering getting the nes set as well so
0: i think i'm gonna get the nes in question block (laughs) i should have bought it when it was on sale recently in australia i should have bought it then to be honest because as much as i'm like i don't need it of course i don't need it but it just looks really cool um and same as the atari 2600 damn that's pretty yeah i feel like that would be almost the last one that i get i can't imagine getting that many more like what else would there be
1: i mean oh, it, just look think of all the nintendo consoles i could do man
0: yeah but i'm not really i, I super, nintendo? super nintendo i would yeah but that'd have to be the pal version so they're gonna have to yeah. have two sets and i would, I, would I wouldn't a, get no, i would get a 64 one i wouldn't get a 64.
1: 64 i love the design of the 64 I'd i get love a the Game design cube one I get a Game Boy one, man. I I get a Game Boy. Okay, I get a Game Boy. Other than other than Wii and Wii U, which just look generic as hell, like I love the design of all the the Switch. Sorry, all the Nintendo consoles.
0: I was like dying, like as we we're talking about rumors, sort of quickly. Uh, I was so upset that Nintendo never released their little um, thing that leaked, which was like a case for your iPhone that you could plug in, and it would like make it like a Game Boy. And they were going to have, I think it must have been like Apple that must have blocked them or something. Can like we, not we having mobile Games.
1: Can we talk about another leak rumor? Well, um, the Game really Boy game Advance Boy. one or? Yeah. Yeah. The Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. It seems, one seems like that's real. Switch. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like,
0: I, I don't know. I really love uh, Monty modern vintage game gamer, MVG. I feel like he's normally my go-to guy for these type of things. Like, is this real or not? Mm. Cause he's a coder and he pulled apart some stuff and he's like, it looks like it's an emulator that no one knows about. Like it's not like just a standard emulator, open source emulator. So it's a very elaborate hoax if someone was to do that. And there was also a a developer who develops on Nintendo consoles and was like, based on what I could see, it makes me actually believe it's real more. Like some of the stuff that seems like it's fake. So it's like, oh, okay, it must be real. Which, I mean, I'm, like, wow, they're making Game Boy and Game Boy Advance when, like, that's what the Wii U had. <laughs> like, even man, the Wii,
1: I'm, so. I'm so pumped if they had Game Boy Advance stuff. I know they'll trickle it out in the crappy library, yeah. but that was one of my favorite things about the Wii U is playing some Game Boy Advance games on the virtual console. I, there, but you so. say
0: crappy library. I mean, even, like, a stock standard 10 10- Game Boy Advance games—they're going to have some gems
1: in there, absolute gems. So. The thing is, some of the best Game Boy Advance games are not the first-party games. So it's yeah, I agree with things, that. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. No, I
0: don't disagree with that at all. I think Game Boy Advance is like one of the weirdest Nintendo handhelds because it felt like such a like revitalization of the SNES library for that mm. generation. So many of the people like when I chat to them, they've actually played Game Boy Advance SNES games, and that's their experience with it.
1: Yeah, I'm shocked how like I always learn about new Game Boy Advance ports of SNES games. I'm like, I didn't even know that was on Game yeah. Boy Advance all the time. Yeah, so. and you're like, right. I think like soccer, soccer Kid, I think, got a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> like, soccer Kid was on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and it,
0: it didn't last for very long. The Game Boy Advance, because they were planning to have Game Boy Advance and DS simultaneously, and the DS just killed the Game Boy Advance. So they, like, it only lasted like, from memory, four to five years. Game Boy Advance. But it had way bigger impact, I think, than that timing. Like Game Boy was around for was like for 13 years. It was insane, like how long that lasted. If you count the colour as part of Game Boy, which I do personally. Mm. But but yeah, no, look, it's going to be awesome when they have Game Boy and Game Boy Advance on there. That just feels my, inevitable. Where's
1: my analog pocket, damn it? Let's, uh, yeah, well,
0: I, okay, well, now it's a race. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which one will come out first? Like, we're not actually sure. I'm not I, really sure.
1: Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd put my money on Nintendo launching their oh. thing before I get my pocket because Did- my pocket's due next year, man.
0: Well, I think that they might be able to ramp up production because some of the chips shortage man, stuff is like hopefully. getting better. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. But analog's gone a bit dark actually. Like yeah. they were meant to release. They actually said they were going to release the update to the pocket, so the one point one update in January, and we still haven't heard about it, and it's almost May. I'm like, damn, man, they must be having like some really big issues getting the OS working the way they want it to. So you
1: you know what was an amazing Game Boy game? What? Kirby's Dreamland.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> to close out the show, so after a lackluster first impression of the recent demo, I decided to give Kirby's latest adventure another shot. What did I think of the game? So Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So I picked this up because it was $40, which is about $30 US. I thought, there's nothing to lose here. There's all, all there is to gain. If I don't like it still, I will just make money off the purchase and be done with Kirby forever. And I've got to say, you know, coming off Elden Ring, I didn't have my access to my PS5 last week. I really love this game and I'm like done a full 180 on this game. And like, I'll admit it. Like I still think what I said about the demo stands and going back to the demo really briefly, I can see where they, what they're trying to do in terms of give you a taste of what the game is. But for me, the most critical thing about this game is the little mini challenges that it gives you. So, To me, this game is not... Like, I don't think this game would be fun if I eliminated all the mini-challenges. It would be really, like, ridiculously straightforward. I barely died in this game as is. And I think I'd just be, like, bored, like I was with the demo. But the mini-challenges... And, you know, they've always had it in Kirby games, but this one, it's, like, so well integrated into the actual game itself. And you can see if you're watching the B-roll, like, things popping up as you go through it. It actually does give that element of fun and challenge as well. Like for instance, with pretty much all of the bosses at the end of the worlds, one of the challenges is to, to complete all the challenges is you need to beat the boss without taking any damage. And it sounds like, oh yeah, that's trivial. It's not that trivial, actually. Like, I, you know, you're going to sound like, this is going to sound dumb, but genuinely I got through like Elden Ring bosses without getting touched more than some of these bosses. (laughs) Just because it's like, oh, okay. I got to just be like much more
1: careful. Kirby can't summon a little mimic Kirby.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's no mimic. (laughs) And it's actually also amazing. (laughs) And I'm surprised that no one's done this video. Like it's, it's like a donkey style video. There's like a blacksmith in this game. And you actually can upgrade the takeover abilities, which is super awesome. Like, it's actually one of the most fun parts of the game and really rewards you for doing the mini challenges and getting extra, like, um, in, like basically currency in the game. And, like, there's this funny parallels with, like, Elden Ring that you can have with that perspective of, like, you're actually leveling up your, your actual equipment, <laughs> things like that, going to the smithy.
1: So can you can you do an, a Kirby Arcane build where you know, he bleeds the all the bosses?
0: Well, there was some stuff that I was doing, and I was gonna send you guys like a, a clip. It's like oh, I'm really enjoying my like warrior build or some shit like that because <laughs> you can actually kind of customize which one you want to pick. But it, yeah, it look like as I said during the demo, the the way the game looks, it's super awesome. The music, the I really like the art style. It's just. It was just zero challenge. But having played it now and, like, with the mini challenges and trying to play it with that, it actually became pretty fun.
1: I Can I just say, I think it's such a shame. I don't know, it's probably been a little bit, but you know how Doom, the remake, and Animal Crossing... Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was the same release day or same release time. The exact same frame. release day. So they... All those memes happened uh, yeah. between those two games, yeah. and I know That's Doom Kirby... Eternal
0: and, and, and Animal Crossing.
1: Oh, was it Eternal? Okay, yeah. yeah, Doom Eternal. Um, so I know Kirby came out obviously after Elden Ring, but such a shame, yeah, that those know. two games didn't get that same treatment. I because agree because it just the, just the jokes that I'm thinking of now, which are only funny to me, no one else, um, it just would have been perfect for it. what a shame, what a missed, yeah,
0: but you know, like weirdly enough. I... Cause I'm just thinking back to that time. I think Nintendo leaned into those jokes a little bit more than they almost ever would normally, you know, with the doom jokes.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I think it like the most that they did was stuff like retweet it or something like that or like it or whatever. Right. Mm. Which is a lot for Nintendo, but yeah, I think that's probably more maybe like uh FromSoft and, um, who was a Bandai Namco who published Elden Ring yeah they didn't really lean into any of those things because i agree with you there's like so many things in this game having played elden ring and then this game where i'm like there's so many funny comparisons you could make to the games and also just like the boss battles of trying to like do it perfectly it's like no hit run right like it was actually pretty funny so but yeah like going to the game like to me and i always whinge about this but this game is just such a good length it doesn't overstay its welcome if you want to like go through it a bit faster. You can start skipping some of the challenges, but, you know, it has like nice vibrant worlds and it actually does, it it continually incentivizes you more a little bit than any other Kirby game I've played where, you know, collecting more of the collectibles unlocks more of your abilities and then you can upgrade the copy abilities. And it's something that I would, it'd be a shame if they remove in future games because it, it just becomes one of those, you know, it's almost like a light, RPG element of like okay I want to like level this up and I sort of leveled up all the copy abilities and there's about a a dozen in the game and it's like oh okay cool I've leveled them all up and then I realized oh there's another level to them I'm like oh shit okay (laughs) I want to try to get them all leveled up and then there's even like special ones depending on what you do in the game and and there's also like an awesome um like post-game content to this where it's not like new worlds but you know they sort of remix the worlds a bit and there's a bit of a challenge there that I won't spoil but like that that's a totally separate optional part of the game you don't absolutely need to do it all but I was like oh well I have to do that as well I haven't 100%ed the game but part of it is like because it's not like super straightforward to just 100% this game like you actually need to like you know, it reminds me of Body Harvest in a way. Like there's some of the time challenges where it's not as hard as that, by the way, but. I love a
1: Body Harvest reference in a <laughs> podcast. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but it's not as hard as that, obviously. But it's just like, you can see. okay, i got to make this time. You go through a level or like a little mini challenge and it's like, oh, okay. I, oh, I, I, are you I, meaning Blast Corps? Blast Corps, sorry. Sorry, Blast Corps. <laughs> I'm
1: like, okay, hey, I still appreciate yeah. the Body Harvest right? No, Blast
0: Corps, I meant to say Blast Corps. Um. You go through something and you go, oh, okay, I've got to do this really differently or like just way quicker than, I'm, than the way I'm doing it. And it teaches you a bit about the game and like that. You, I don't know, but I love those kind of games. Mario Kart's done it a lot in the past with the developer ghosts where you feel like, oh, shit, there's a way to play this faster. And, it, and it's almost like this conversation you're having with the devs that I really enjoy personally. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention is the mouthful mode so that's you know you know the whole meme around carby so you've got the car and you can you're not actually like swallowing those things i think that's the thing it's you're getting your whole mouth around of it you can't swallow the whole thing i feel like this this could be clipped very very easily right now
1: oh this i'm sure it's (laughs) been done many times uh mouthful mode
0: and you know what like it's kind of weird because people do rightfully go why isn't it just a copy ability it's pretty much the same thing but it does make sense in the design of the world, which I kind of love. Like they've almost been consistent with this idea with Kirby and what Kirby can and can't do. Uh, and they, you know, in a very Nintendo, I know it's Hal who made this game, but you know, Kirby's always got that Nintendo feel to it. it it's got, you know, the very Nintendo touch on playing with that mechanic. Some of those malfunction modes are just like a one-off type of thing. And they don't overstate their welcome either. So look like, I think this game is a great game for kids. Like as I said, like I'm happy to say I was wrong. I don't feel like I was completely wrong, because the demo to me is not a good representation of what this game is. Um, I
1: I'm glad to hear it. I I had a feeling it would go that way, but I well, when you said you bought it, I had a feeling that it would go that way. Um, and the fact that you said that you were reviewing it, I'm like, well, he's obviously liked it enough <laughs> to not that it's a super long game, but to you know to basically complete it in. I don't know. Was it a week, a week and a half, or something like No, it, was it wasn't like even that. It was like yeah.
0: it was like four days um,
1: or something. I just though, look looking at the footage that we've had on on for the YouTube clip. Like this game just looks so delightful. It just oh, looks yeah. like the kind of game just makes you happy playing. You know? Yeah,
0: it, it's just a, it's a real fun game. It, as I said, it doesn't overstate its welcome. It doesn't like become frustrating. I never got frustrated with the game, and I think if you're a completionist, like the you know, I I also like uh, Jar- Gerard the Completionist, and you know I think he would give this a
1: complete it rating, right? Because it just feels like that kind of thing. I actually, to me. I actually watched his uh, video. On Did this. he say complete it? I can't remember okay. that thing, but I I he talked about you know the there's lots of collectibles and stuff in this game, yeah, and things like that. So this things cool with that, but
0: in a fun way, like it, it doesn't feel like. One thing about Spider-Man I always felt was, you know, you collect all these backpacks and there's reasons why you need to do it to level up and stuff, but it does feel like a very old school Nintendo 64 approach to to structuring it. Was this didn't ever really come across like that to me. It was always like, there was stuff I saw in the level. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could do it this way. And then there's the way the game does it, it sort of reveals the hidden mini challenges as so you finish look, the levels. Just
1: looking at footage on youtube that looked like such an elden ring like the like slam down in the the yeah i know so, like I know. i'm like man like, no there's you're other, so right. there, there's you other things you so right saying you could do cross them games so there's
0: much. there's even more there's even more where it's like oh my god i'm, I'm surprised i haven't watched a video on youtube because it would be in my recommendation feed um yeah no I really liked it I um, you know can't say much more about it than if you're on the fence about it i would have a crack and and play it because like, I wasn't even on the fence about it. I was like, I'm not getting this game. And if it wasn't on sale, I wouldn't have got it and it might have just gone past and I've missed it, right? So, not a great demo, in my opinion, because ultimately a demo is there to get you into the game and sort of hyped for the game. And it did the opposite for me. Whereas playing the game, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, do you
1: reckon you're going to pick this up at some stage or? If it drops to a price that I'm happy to um you know i often do that with nintendo games there are games where they don't always um end up being like uh, was it captain toad's treasure tracker or whatever yeah. game is like that's a game where i'm like on surface looks like i'd love and it just didn't really hook me that much whereas this just looks like a fun time um but i, I do like uh what you said there you like okay if you're on the fence have a crack so you heard it here from intercott have a crack at kirby there
0: you go. <laughs> hey have you know treasure uh Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, I played that entire game in the game trial week that they had in Japan. <laughs> and then like, I was done with the game. Like, it's actually a very good comparison in a way. It's like, it is that kind of game. It's just like very airy. Like, it's not like super dense or anything like that. Uh, I'm happy to send it down to Melbourne if you want to play it because I think Mike wanted to borrow it from me so maybe I could Mike make the rounds For wants
1: to borrow everything for a, guy, for a guy that doesn't like playing games he, he likes <laughs> asking to borrow games that's <laughs> fine like, I've borrowed games from him
0: um... <laughs> alright well that ends my review of Kirby and the Forgotten Land give it a thumbs up I enjoyed it uh, next week what are we doing Swinney?
1: well I put next week but um, maybe maybe it's not 100% it's when probably we the week it. after I'd say well, Elden, yeah, yeah, our that Elden Ring review and spoiler cast. Um if we're not if we're not going to do that this week then uh, depending on what we want to do special features maybe maybe I'll do the Final Fantasy battle system tier list, but yeah. it depends on also how much and yeah, if there's lots of news. Like there wasn't much news this week. So it was uh, a nice, you know, we could just slot in this review, but um well, I'd I like w- to do that tier list.
0: Yeah, I will be covering Switch Sports because I'm going to pick that up on Friday. So yeah I was sort of have a crack at that so we'll, we'll have a chat about how that game is I feel like just playing the demo of that that was awesome so I don't know like it, that to me is going to be up there as one of the party the key party games from now on <laughs> so I'll see how that goes and now with the COVID restrictions starting to ease a little bit hopefully we can actually have some people over but yeah I guess we'll see what we're playing and hopefully we'll get Mike back
1: yeah, I, I expect I expect Mike back, but um, Mike Definitely. is the almost like the definition of expect the unexpected. So <laughs> true. we'll see, we'll
0: see. <laughs> awesome. All right, that's it for now. Bye bye.
1: See ya.